Boom. We're live. GM fam, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Avatar. I'm your host, Crafter, and today I'm joined by JTV. What up, JTV? How you doing? I am doing very well. Thanks for asking. Good to see you. Welcome to the uh, the Sandbox Lounge. Heck yeah, man! We're we're doing it, and I'm excited to to have you have you inside of here. Um, for those of you uh, that don't know, uh, we just started today, so you probably don't know. Um, we're going to be recording shows from the Sandbox um, Social Hub that we're hanging out in. So um, I'm gonna. Actually, I'll drop a, a link in the chat for you guys. It's a YouTube video, so you'll have to multitask if you want to run through it right now, or you can just be prepared for the next uh, show. But I'm going to drop it in the chat here, and it's going to explain how you can um, get set up on the sandbox if you're not already, and where to where to find us if you do know how to find or how to find the map. Uh, for the sandbox, just go to sandbox.game, go to the map tab and search fungi, F-U-N-G-U-Y, and you'll find the fungi social hub. And we're hanging out in the social hub. Uh, just got to run up those stairs right in the beginning. Um, it'll take you kind of all the way, all the way to the top. And uh, we're, we're hanging out on stage. You'll find us. And if you can't find us, look around until you do. It's a fun, fun little area to explore. Um, but anyways, um, I am excited to chat with you for a multitude of reasons, but one um, of the more important ones is I want to learn more about Decentraland because um, Decentraland has been one of those uh, metaverse platforms that I found early on in my exploration through this world, uh, checked it out. Thought it was boring. Um, <laughs> checked it out again a little bit later. Uh, it was a little bit better, but still kind of clunky and boring. And then I just really haven't gone back and looked at it um, since then. Uh, since today, actually, today I today I hopped back in and uh, I went through. They had like a nice little tutorial now set up to kind of show you the ropes. So I went through that, uh, and that's kind of where I stopped. But um, it was it was looking a lot better um, and. I'm, I guess I'm just excited to kind of hear about everything that you've been doing in it and your experience. But um, before we get into all that, um, it would be great for you to kind of just introduce yourself to everybody um, so that people that are catching the replay or tuning in live, shout out to everyone that's tuning in live. Thank you for being here. I see Hoddle, Mr. Furious. I'm sure there's more people in the chat, but um, thank you guys for tuning in live. Make sure you stay tuned to the end. There's going to be um, chances to win some prizes in XP. Um, but where was I? Oh, um, let's give you a chance to introduce yourself and uh, just give us a little little rundown of what what you've been up to, and then we'll just kind of dive on into it. Yeah, sounds good. So I am JTV. First name is Joshua. Uh, I started in Bitcoin 2017 and from there really dove mainly into Bitcoin, heard about it through a game I was playing called RuneScape and it just made sense for money. So throughout that period, I started listening to a podcast called uh, Off the Chain from Anthony Pompliano. I uh, learned a ton about some really awesome things through there, probably 300 episodes, so tons of crypto education. Uh, by 
2020, things really escalated and went crazy uh, during that period and started diving more into other cryptos outside of Bitcoin. And by 2021, I'd heard of the metaverse, mainly due to Zuckerberg changing Facebook's name to Meta, uh, which drove me to look into metaverse platforms. And that led me to Decentraland, started streaming Decentraland, gained a, a good size audience through there. And from that, I started building, making new connections and friends inside of the, the platform. And we are now working on an MMORPG uh, called Exodus Goodbye World inside of it. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Um, definitely want to get into the MMORPG um at at some point uh in this con well in this conversation and i'm make, just making a note about it i don't know how i would forget but <laughs> my, my brain is sporadic so you never know um so you what did, did you say 2018 was about when whenever you started paying attention to that yeah. podcast um uh, so i think ooh, the podcast that's a good question uh maybe mid 2018 or a little later sure yeah. that's i mean that's a, that's a pretty good time to start start getting the, getting this on your radar um that was i would say i feel like i had forgotten about ethereum and bitcoin in 2018 i i uh, i like found it at some point i can't remember the exact timing um heard about it through friends or something and bought a little bit of ethereum a little bit of bitcoin and then uh, and when i say a little bit like at that time i was broke as hell and pro it was probably like a hundred or two hundred dollars um mm -hmm. and but then just like forgot about it and then it then it popped back on my radar back in like 2020 ish 2021 for sure um early 2021 um was whenever i bought my first nft um but yeah so it's it's been a it's been an interesting ride and i just i always love to to kind of like hear hear when other people kind of got started and 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 what like the catalysts were uh that got them like super super interested in in um the technology typically is is what keeps people here it seems especially <laughs> especially during markets like this where um everyone's not just making making easy money um and easy and and uh uh, quotation marks because <laughs> it may <laughs> yeah. look easy easy from the outside but there's a lot of ways to 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 mess it up at the same time so um ask me how i know um but uh that's awesome and you and then you found so the was the first metaverse like platform that you found decentraland or how did you how did you end up um really focusing on decentraland yeah. Uh, before I answer that, I'm going to go back to something that you yeah, said yeah. Uh, about a catalyst. And it's actually really important. I think everybody has their own catalyst in crypto or NFTs. Uh, in 2017, I was or, or a little earlier than that. I was trying to trade stocks. Um, and I don't know. It, Robinhood has changed the whole game for that. But when I was trading stocks back in between 2013 and 2015, I believe it was, uh, there were when you bought a stock and sold it, you could rebuy, but you couldn't sell it again because the transactions hadn't settled. And that was because of the the way that securities and uh, currency work through what we'd call the legacy system, mm -hmm. uh, which was extremely uh, annoying to deal with because you would make a trade, 
and then buy it, sell it, whatever. I mean, as a trader, you're trying to sell often or and buy and sell often, but so you have to let it sit for three days. And when you're trying to trade a penny stock or something that's moving, you don't want to say, okay, I'm going to wait this out for three days because it's jumping around 30% a day. Right. And when I heard about Bitcoin, I was like, oh, well, this would solve that problem. Uh, little did I know it wasn't just a currency problem. It was the way that uh, we transact everything in a secure way right now or back then and technically right now. Uh, but with Bitcoin, uh, I thought that was a solution. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. And I went and did that. And I was like, maybe one day they would adapt to the stock market. Uh, and then Robinhood comes along. Uh, well, actually, with Bitcoin, you could trade back and forth all day long as much as you wanted. Uh, but when Robinhood came along, they started making it so you can trade stocks back and forth all day long uh, without needing a margin account. Or I think they even have some out, uh, some additional options to where you're not considered a day trader. There is some where I think you need like twenty five thousand or something to be considered a. Um, if you trade stocks too much, there's a problem with that. I don't know if it's still an issue, but back then sure. it was. Gotcha. Um, but but anyways, through through that, Robin had fixed it, but then people were realizing that they were upselling stocks to them. I don't know if you remember that. It was a big deal. Robin had uh -huh. got sold, uh, so he got sued so much money for it, I, I, if I remember right. And basically you were getting like a one or two percent price, maybe not quite that high, uh, price change on every stock you bought. So if you bought $100 worth of stock, you were paying an upcharge on that, which I think they've now reverted that. And that's how they were making money to kind of circumvent uh, okay. the um, mempool of money, so to speak, that are on hold, which mm -hmm. to go and I'm not going to go too far on this, but this is it. When a transaction goes out, like when you send a bank transfer, it's three days, right? There yeah. is a pool of money that at any given time, there's this much money stuck in a in transactions. And that money can earn interest while it's in there. So it's a profitable option for banks because technically they have collateral and they always have that collateral throughout a period of time or something along the lines of there, which is a very, very big business. But once we got, uh, or skip all that, we're in Decentraland now, what was the question that you had asked about that? <laughs> no, no. After I ran good. through all the random hey, stuff about the dude. catalyst of Bitcoin. <laughs> no, it's all good. That's how my brain works. So <laughs> we'll, we'll probably both end up doing that uh, multiple times during during the show. But um, I, my question about Decentraland was, um, I guess, how, was it the first metaverse that you checked out? Or how did you end up um, deciding that, like, Decentraland is what you're going to focus on. So the only three metaverses, I believe, that you could actually log into back then, if there's any other ones, I'm still not aware right now, was Sandbox, Decentraland, I think Axie Infinity, which in my opinion, actually is kind of questionable whether it's a metaverse. I don't think it really fits that description, but, but maybe others have an opinion on that. <laughs> um, so... Sandbox, I wasn't a big fan of the pixelation. I've logged into Decentraland Sandbox at a very similar time. I can't tell you which one's first. I think it was Decentraland. Uh, it, it gave a more Minecraft vibe. And I liked the more um, animated characters and idea that Decentraland offered over the pixelated option. 
So that's what that, that's what kind of I would say that's one of the driving factors. Of sure. It. And then again, back then you had to spend thousands of dollars to get their their pass, and I wasn't sold enough on the sandbox to do that. And Decentraland didn't really have that barrier of entry, although there was very little to do anyway. So there wasn't much you could pay for. <laughs> uh, so I, I would say that's kind of you know what made the made my answer to uh, which one i preferred yeah no that makes sense and that actually i feel like it's hard to remember but <laughs> i feel like that was probably kind of my same experience is that i checked out i for sure checked out both the and, and the sandbox kind of about the same time and <clears throat> i just i i think i gravitated towards the central land as far as the graphics go because when i first saw the sandbox i was like oh that's minecraft and minecraft is okay um like it's like i know i know that we can do better um and but then like whenever i got into the central land like i was saying in, in the beginning or before we got on this i don't remember um but i was saying that there, there just really wasn't much to do there uh and that being said there really hasn't been that much to do in the sandbox to be honest either unless you were kind of in the know and paying attention to people that were building and and playing their their drafts in the drafts gallery of the game maker uh which is what i i have been doing over the last couple of years to kind of like get a get a taste of what is actually coming and now now we finally are to the point where uh, people can actually publish onto their land, like where where we are right now, uh, is published on a parcel of land in the sandbox, and it's owned by Touche Studios. Uh, shout out Touche for hooking us up with a little studio inside this social hub. Um, but it took a long time to get here, like way longer than I I expected, and I think a lot longer than than a lot of people expected. <laughs> um, but uh, at least we're making steps in the right direction and and getting things kind of started rolling. Uh, we still are unsure about uh, when this marketplace will open up for all the creators that have been creating for so long and are ready to ready to sell all the assets that they've been making. Um, but I don't know. It, it, rumor rumor has it that that'll be be ready to go by the end of the year, but we've been hearing end of the year for the last couple of years. So uh, <laughs> who knows, who knows? I think uh, hopefully I'm, I, I'm actually, I'm having Seb, uh, Sebastian Borgay on the show next week. Um, so hopefully we can get a little more, a little more clarity on, on some things that are going on. Who knows? He probably will be tight lipped about certain things like that, but we'll see what we can tweet mm -hmm. out of him. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I feel like it's it's been interesting both to Centraland and Sandbox that th they both have kind of seen waves of attention and then waves of nobody gives a f about them and mm -hmm. and and I don't know about Decentraland but I I feel like I feel like the Sandbox is still in that that wave of no one really cares because like this is this is like the news that we've been that everyone's been waiting for that you can finally publish to your land and it i mean it is kind of um gated right now you have to go through like an approval process to publish to your land right now 
Um, but it's the first step and there's still really like, yes, there's excitement from the core community that's been playing. But other than that, like, I don't, I don't really know any, any of my friends that are outside of the sandbox don't, don't even know that, mm -hmm. that this is, that this is happening right now in the sandbox and they probably own more land than I do. Um, and, and, but, but they're not doing anything on it, but, um, but yeah, so I, what has what has been going on in Decentraland? Is there is there a lot of activity, or is it mostly just builders building and things are just progressing that way? Uh, there, there's a mixture, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I real, real quick, excuse me, excuse me. Real quick question about the sandbox: You have to have permission to publish on the land. Uh, right now, you do. Yeah, I. Oh my I'm gosh, not, I'd be throwing a fit. Uh, I know. I I don't really understand why you're doing, <laughs> doing it that way either. And that's one thing wow. that I that I'll definitely bring up because yeah, like all everyone has paid for these lands and um now they have to go through and to be honest, I don't know how rigorous it is to get approved, but it still is some sort of manual like approval process uh where the team is basically reviewing things. And I, I think it's their, like looking at it from their perspective, I think it's their, their way of making sure that the experiences that everyone is playing in the beginning of everything are up to their standards, I guess. But, um, but I, I, I'm in the same boat as you that I don't understand why they're doing that because that's not the, whole idea around what they're doing or it shouldn't be right um but i agree yeah yeah so <clears throat> well that that's interesting it it makes me feel a little bit about bit better about decentraland but i also am i mean i'm i'm fighting them on their publishment process for wearables and in sandbox mm. you you gotta be like hey why can't we post in our land yet it's ours i thought uh, that that's interesting, and it's that has to change. Uh, and, what? Yeah. What? Uh, what are you going through with the wearable side of things? Is it similar? Like it goes through an approval process, or? Yeah, there's a curation process, and it costs one hundred and fifty dollars for any single item that you want to publish or that you publish in the platform to wear. And oh, wow. to me, that's a that's content. You want content creators, right? You want a very uh, non-resistant slope for them to come in and start creating content. And in Decentraland, just like TikTok is to videos, Decentraland is to wearables for creators. Mm -hmm. uh, and they really need to open the gates up and allow people to come in. But their thing is a quality assurance also, which... If someone goes and publishes a bunch of, of garbage NFTs that nobody cares about, they're not going to buy them, and eventually they're going to stop doing it anyway. Uh, and then I think that there's systems you could put in place that would uh, kind of push people toward not trying to uh, manip not manipulate, but create like a a ter um, you know a bunch of bad items in the market. But just like YouTube, imagine if YouTube was just like you can't post your YouTube video because it doesn't meet our standards. Mm -hmm. I mean, what you know, what, what are you going to do with that? Um, you can't wait for Mr. Beast to come make videos and and the same in Decentraland for NFTs. You just need people to be able to practice and put them out there, 
find an audience, find people who are interested in them that want to spend money. And that's where it's going to gravitate to. But yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I'm trying to convince people of that and it's not easy. Yeah. And that's, I, I have the same opinion around the land publishing as I do of the, the marketplace and, and why that isn't open yet. And I, I don't know if it has to do with this curation and, and making sure that everything's quality, but in my opinion, the market, will decide that for for everyone so the yeah the right. marketplace the marketplace might be flooded with a bunch of assets but no one's gonna care about the shitty assets they're they're right they're, it's like it's like bad posts on twitter okay yeah. if you create the right algorithm then you know you get flagged for copyright you get people who don't post good and don't aren't consistent or whatever it is they just don't get attention and then people who are there every day posting good stuff, people are interested in it, creating a community. Those people are going to come around and you just have to make sure they're on the top of the list and easy to find. And yeah. then you don't have to worry about all the bad stuff that's posted right. the bottom and you'll never find it anyway. Right. And that's, I, I don't know. It's, it, 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 always, it seems easier said, um, but who knows So the challenge I, is. I agree that it sounds easy. I, I mean, that it may sound easier than it is. Twitter is completely all their 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 open source toward all their Twitter stuff and all their algorithms of how you get mm. stuff. I mean, I'm not saying go in there and copy it, but I guarantee you that you can get a very good fundamental uh, standard of a social leveling system in a sense converted over to publishments in Decentraland rather than just because right now you just you post one, you're at the top of the page. It's like, okay, good. That guy's at the top of the page and nobody bought it. But there's somebody that posted uh, one 10 days ago that's continuing to sell theirs and theirs is not on top of the page anymore. <laughs> so, and you know, that, that could kind of slashes the person that's creating that people are interested in. Uh, but they do have, like, if people had sales, it's going to show up on a specific, um, there is a place you can see those. The top of the page is going to be who's published what recently. Gotcha. So the, there is also like a like a curated page or something like featured or something yeah. along those lines. Right. Yeah. And but, also for, for us, we, we it's an MMO. We need a lot of items. Uh, we mm -hmm. can't pay. Uh, we have uh, 300 items at least. Last I counted, which was a while back. We have three items to publish. We can't go spend $150 on 300 items. We don't. We don't. Yeah, that's, we don't have the that money is, to do that, and we need to put it somewhere else. Yeah, so, you know, that, right. that's that's where we're right. It's it's not just okay. So one person pays one hundred fifty dollars. Okay, cool. But people who need to actually put a lot of content out there, and they want people like posting something every week, or as soon as you can have it out, it's very important that they can do that consistently and not just say okay, one hundred fifty dollars, one hundred fifty dollars, one hundred fifty dollars. Right now, most. I'm not going to say most people might debate me on this, honestly. Uh, actually, I will say most because I don't believe that it is anything less than most. It, they're not getting their $150 back on a publishment. Mm -hmm. So they're not making money. So they're not going forward. And they, that's, if you're going negative, how many times you want to go negative before you're like, okay, I can't, can't do this anymore. And throughout this market, it's hard to continue to go negative because we've been going negative for the past two years. Yeah, that 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 was what I was going to say is like, how how are people even making money off of this right now if they have to pay $150 um, 
and the curators are doing good. Sure, <laughs> sure, that's typical. Um, <laughs> so you brought this up, and we might as well just kind of dive into it. Um, okay. You said that you said that you have a bunch of a bunch of uh, assets and stuff that you need for your for your game. What what is the game? First off, like what it, what is the game that you guys are working on? Okay, so it's an an MMO. Actually, you can just see, I see you pulled YouTube up. I worked a very long time on those forty three videos. They're tutorials for the game. Um, pardon my own thumbnail creation. I'd say the video <laughs> editing is better than the thumbnail itself, but it was more of someone said you need to answer the questions of the video on the thumbnail. So I was like, okay, that's easy. Let's uh, let's put something up that states what this is. I mean, as you see. I should have put the word scavenger hunt on the first one there, but it says it in the description. Never mind, or the title. So, anyways, the game is um, inspired by games like Skyrim, World of Warcraft, and RuneScape. As far as like what you would see in a most appearance of would be inspirations from RuneScape with its whole banking and economic system and the way that you farm resources. Uh, but overall, that's not our goal is to replicate another game, and we haven't. What we're trying to do is create a, a full game of resource gathering, crafting, creating items, NFTs, economics, the whole everything inside of it. Mm-hmm. But overall, Exodus is a game right now that you go in, you can farm several different resources. Those resources are logs, metal, and fish. You can cook the fish. You can carve the logs into wooden objects. You can you can smelt the ore into bars and then convert the bars into items and create swords and weapons and all kinds of other things. Uh, it's still at the beginning stage. We're only a year into this or a little over a year into it. And we have a long way to go and a lot of cool updates coming, including combat this coming this weekend, along with pets. That'll be our version one. It's going to be released. Nice. Uh, but I, I would say there's a lot of inspirations of runescape visually i think even some youtube of some of these videos have runescape as the game that it thinks that it is because you can't actually select a game that youtube doesn't know that's a game it's very frustrating Uh Uh, so it just guesses some of them are roblox some of them are (laughs) um ready player one no no that's the movie whatever the the other one is with the oculus and you're in like this metaverse thing that's really old uh i know what you're talking about but it's blanking on what the name of it is but yeah i know yeah so it 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 guesses every time and it's been it just spits out stuff (laughs) but overall this particular uh is a scavenger hunting where you go around you can find these square spots around the land when you farm resources uh, you can earn scavenger hunt tokens you can go reset the scavenger hunt you can earn tokens uh our gems and coins that are currency in the game through that process and the this whole game is is live right now. Like we people could go play this right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. We okay. are we're public beta. I mean public alpha stage game. Uh, we originally were calling it beta. I had the wrong terminology for that. <laughs> alpha, from my new understanding of and research, alpha stage of the game. And it's very important that our it's very important that the users understand the stage of the game that you're at so they can have expectations uh-huh. for the alpha stage of the game. It's creating the base layer mechanics and how they function, which would be like 
click a tree, farm a log, or click a fishing spot, earn a fish, or you know, forge a barn, get something. You get the idea. Yeah. And then beta, which will be pushing to around October time, and that will be polishing up what we currently have and making the user experience significantly better, which we have some people that have issues with understanding how to craft all their items mm. and which there's a lot of items you can craft and it, it makes sense. And those type of things are going to have to be improved. And when we get into the beta stage, that's what we'll be working on until we can go to something that's outside of beta, which makes me question even if we should ever go out of beta, there's several games that are just going beta and never coming out. Right. Um, so is, uh, what's the, what's the crafting system? Like, is it uh, the, the only thing that like popped into my head for some reason was how Minecraft does it, where you like place different items and different arrangements uh, and it creates different things or what is, what is it like for this? So you go, it depends on what type of crafting you're doing. So the, it's a workshop skill. And it breaks down into carving, assembling, and crafting. Carving is going to be converting log. Like carving is going to be you have a knife equipped and you can carve that a log into any item that's wooden in the game. Mm -hmm. And then different logs provide different items, of course. And then assembling is if I had a handle and a hatchet head, I'd go to the assembly table and attach them together. You just search through the UI for items that you want to assemble. Gotcha. And you find the one that you have. As long as you have the resources in the inventory, it'll pull them out and create the item and your required level for that. And then crafting, it's not currently in the game yet. It's coming very soon, is where you will convert like leathers into armors, like mage and range armors. Gotcha. That's sweet. Um, is Are all of the the uh, the... What do you call them? The resources. Are all of the resources NFTs or like how does the game keep track of how much of things people have and is there saving? Like that's this is all like stuff that's popping yeah. in my head because this is all stuff that we run into in the sandbox that currently isn't capable of doing. I noticed that with the coins when I logged in, try to get them. It didn't save my progress. Uh-huh. Yeah, but there's no, yes, there's no saving. Very yeah. annoying. <laughs> there's a there's a backend database that we do have. We keep up with. They're not currently NFTs, and mm. through the alpha stage, we don't want them to be NFTs yet because we are going to be resetting uh, certain aspects of the games. As you can see right there, there's shards on the screen. Uh, players are going to actually keep those. They're going to be a very valuable item uh, and used uh, in the game. Okay. All the holiday event items and collaboration items that we have, those are going to convert over to the main game. Um, but the process that we're going to have when we implement it, we still need to make our contract for those items. It's not super simple and we really need to hash out all the details, but this is the general idea currently is we make a ERC 721 or ERC 20, whatever token we decide, make the contract for it. And those items, when they're in the game, they're game items. And when they're NFTs, they're out essentially out of the game because of the the resources it takes to constantly read the chain. It is uh, not reasonable to do that currently. We expect that that technology will grow over time. We'll be able to like 100% everything on chain all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, with the items, because you can earn them like a lock, you can earn infinite amounts of them. Um, you can craft them. So we need them to be able to come into the game and come out of the game. So the contract that would be associated with each item will allow for items to be created and also burned. So it needs to be an open-ended and it won't have like, okay, there's a thousand logs in the game. That's, that won't happen. It's going to be an open-ended thing that as long as people are farming logs and bridging them to an on-chain asset, they can do that. But the main reason that someone would even want to put it on-chain is, I mean, there's several reasons. People would decide their own and probably come up with additional ideas. But it's if you want to go trade on OpenSea and you wanted to not trade within the game, which players can actually do that, they can pull them off and they can go trade somewhere else. Uh, or if they just want them in their wallet for what they may consider more safekeeping than in the game itself, if they were concerned about maybe their database getting compromised, which I don't see it. It's not, a, it's not an issue. But if someone was concerned about that, they could then create that um, trustless system in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Does you said that trading happens in can happen inside the game, which is awesome. Um, how how is that done? Do the players just walk up to each other, or is there like a trading station or something? Yeah, they just they uh, they walk up to each other. There's a trading icon. You click on the icon, it allows you to trade, and then you click on a person above their head. It'll show a trading symbol, and it'll initiate a trade offer. If the other player accepts it, they can a, a trade screen will pop up and they can offer items that they want. And once they are once they've decided on their offer amongst each other, they can both lock the trade and then accept it. And the items just swap between accounts. That's cool. It's very uh, cool. I, I like I like that a lot. That's definitely something that I maybe is possible, but I doubt it inside the sandbox right, right now. But um which leads me to now I'm curious, like one, are are you the one that's developing the game or I guess what, what's your what's your role and do you have a team that you're working with on all of this or, or how, how's that all going? It's uh, I personally don't code or do, or do that. I uh, lead the team that we do have. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple uh, Ben or Ham. We, we actually call him Ham. He's a uh, big um, big time programmer, I'd like to say. Sure. Uh, but he he he's a full stack blockchain dev, and he does a lot of the work in that. And we have a team of about fifteen people, I believe. Uh, yeah, fifteen people that all do different things between art, program, um, kind of more even a little bit of communication and idea people that bring ideas to the table and plan them all out. Nice. That's that's awesome. That's a that's a pretty solid team. Um, is how much I don't I'm super unfamiliar now with I messed around a little bit with like building on on a land and like placed like uh, a house and and some I don't know some trees or something. Um, and that was like the extent that I messed messed around with the builder. Uh-huh. Um, and it sounds like there's also like a bunch of coding that you can do with it. What I, I guess, what is the, 
how how does the building work? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess is the best way to ask it. Right. Well, this is one of the reasons that I had mentioned a while back, which I think uh, initiated this podcast, was that I had mentioned that Decentraland was the most advanced metaverse to date. Mm -hmm. And some people probably will find that controversial. But when it comes down to it, they have something called SDK. Mm -hmm. And that SDK allows for people to be able to develop in code and push it to the land to uh, be able to function. So whatever's on the screen of your land, you can connect it to a backend server that allows you to make actions and get results back and, and functionality and collect the user base and know what they've collected and all that. So visually, it's all in Decentraland. The backend stuff is all on our own server. So that, that's that's most of like what it what it does. Uh, but it just overall, uh, there's just a lot more customization options. And I would make a comparison of some other metaverse platforms. They use more of a drag and drop system like Weebly or GoDaddy. And Decentraland has created more of like uh, you know HTML type of thing that mm. allows you to go in and customize any way that you want your website in a sense to look, except it's more of a 3D uh, environment. And you can pretty much do... I mean, there's there's barriers. There's things that you run into that you can't overcome yet without further development of the platform. But for the most part, we can customize just about everything as far as a function and a result of that function. Gotcha. That's that's cool. I I, I didn't realize that. I guess I just kind of assumed it was like a no code system, like Sandbox has, and um, it is. Are, are you, well, you're not, but are your programmers, your big brains, are they, are they coding in a certain language? I, I, I don't know game coding. Like, is there a certain language? Is, is unity a language or is that, a, <laughs> that, that, that's an engine. I know that, but yeah. like, do you code in a specific language for that? Or I don't, this is all over my head at this point. <laughs> yes. So there's several aspects of things that need to be programmed. Depends on what you're doing. JavaScript is is important in there. Uh, also, we need to know like C++ so you can connect blockchain to what you're doing in the game, which you do have some, uh, a couple of features that do, like you can mint NFTs through a system we've created and redeem NFTs and things like that. But overall, that's uh, mainly JavaScript and, and C++. And there's Python. Yeah, Py Python actually is very important. Uh, for yeah, Python, C plus plus, JavaScript. Okay, I'd say those are the main ones. Yeah, gotcha. That's cool. And I, I'm sure there's. I could probably watch a YouTube video on, <laughs> on what what all what all goes into to coding into an actual game. But I'm assuming that like, um, game like a game developer that worked for who who knows what like EA Sports. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know why that was the first thing that popped in my head. Um, but they they would be able to transfer that knowledge into Decentraland then most likely. They could transfer the knowledge, but the web three aspect of it, they probably won't know how to do it mm. because it, because it involves blockchain integration and most programmers do not completely understand how to do that. Uh, and we would 
consider them full stack blockchain devs. Mm -hmm. It's very niche, uh, niche profession to have mainly because it's not used for, I mean, it's used for a whole lot of applications, but it's not like you go get a job somewhere. And if you don't have that, then you don't get it. Right. Uh, it's, it's not even needed on the resume for the most part, uh, yet anyway. Yet. Yeah. That's, that's cool though. How did, how did you go about finding a, a team for this and how, how did that's all crazy. this get started? Like, yeah, that's so that, that that's really, that's where we probably should have started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're here so, now. <laughs> one thing is when nobody knows anything and you know, just a, a little bit, cause that's all I did know. It attracts a lot of people mm -hmm. when Decentraland and metaverse thing blew up. I was in Decentraland. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. It's this massive piece of land. None of the things that you can interact with are really very user friendly. There were some functionalities and games you could play something like DG. We had a big barrier in the way and I wasn't going to spend thousands of dollars to make that work. So I started streaming and I just told people in the most popular place, I was like, I'm streaming. I, if you need help, come ask and I'll try to help you. And it was just like a learning process together, which it did help because I understood a lot of key aspects of wallets, connecting them, uh, you know, mm -hmm. creating, creating them, which honestly isn't really a big deal. But for those who don't know, it's really amazing at first. So yeah, we that's started a, that's a big hurdle for them to jump if they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> That, that's it, right. And that's where they barrier were. To entry. Yeah. Right. And, and they got in, but they just needed a little bit more information. Um, and then from there, I started giving away NFTs and I made publishments, which is the biggest thing I'd ever done in there. And it probably attracted some of them, the largest group that they, they kind of like made the, the pushed it, the catalyst for this. I published six Santa hats that people could wear as around Christmas time. And it was a big deal because people had to spend 500 mana at the time to publish an NFT. And at that time, mana was ranging, depending on which part of November, December you're in, between two and five dollars. So 500 mana at two is two thousand dollars. Okay. Mm -hmm. And two, two, and five. Yeah. So no, that's a thousand bucks. So, anyways, and then I think I think I ended up paying like three or three fifty uh for the man on that. So I spent what's that like six grand, seven whatever on six publishments and no one really bought them. So I was like, okay, I'm losing money here. Terrible yeah. idea. So I was like, I'm not gonna be the only person that gets to hold these. So I started giving them away. And massive giveaways. And from there people started coming. A friend of mine, the full stack blockchain dev that's here, we've been friends for about 10 years now. He created a bot for me to give away NFTs. And over or since late 2021, I've given away about 80,000 wearables in the game. That's not publishments. That's because you can make a publishment of 1,000 or 5,000, 10,000 items. That's just items in general and gave away 80,000. So that attracts a lot of people. And yeah. from there, I met a lot of new friends. And eventually on stream one day, I, if I go back and find the stream because there's hundreds of them. It was a lot of fun back then. I really can't wait for that to happen again. 
we started making an idea of like, hey, let's make a game in here because there's nothing to do. So we were like, okay, what do we need? And then everybody starts telling me what their skills are. It's a chat. There's hundreds of people in there. They want to be a part of it too. It's exciting. So, you know, this one's a designer. This one um, does a little programming. This one does a little, uh, just a bunch of skills. And they're like, hey, I want to do it. So we slowly started hopping in and we created our own dev discord and we started throwing ideas to get this executed. And it kind of just started rolling downhill from there. I would say it was a snowball effect and it was a huge jump start. And if we didn't have that jump start, I don't think it, it would be where it is today or even uh, the, even a reality today, but we've had probably 25 different people that have joined um, and come and gone. Some did a bit of work, some didn't. Uh, and, and from there we're just, we're, we're continuing on. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that sounds like a, a story that I've heard uh, multiple times on, on this show where basically you were early enough to start messing around with some new thing that no one knew what it was going to be. And then ideas started rolling and those ideas started turning into something that was actually real. <laughs> and then yeah. before, before you know it, you have a full fledged project on your hand that you're, that you're working on 24 seven. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's cool to see that happen. And uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I guess that's, that's how, how things do kind of play out whenever you are this early to something, something, um, right. Kind of. Yeah. And one thing someone in my channel just asked about uh, scavenger hunting, which there's scavenger hunting in the game that I told you about, you earn gems and coins, right? Mm -hmm. We initially started off to make sure we were even capable of creating something by creating a scavenger hunt. And for these things, you would find the Santa hats or you would find for Easter, we did Easter eggs and we had a headquarters, we called the JTV headquarters. And we had scavenger hunts in there and people would earn wearables and they had a leaderboard where people could see who could run and find the eggs or whatever the item was the fastest. Uh, and some people became extremely impressive. <laughs> like there were some things I couldn't do in under like 45 seconds and people figured out how to do it in seven seconds <laughs> um, and people played it a lot. So it, but it was, that was a really exciting time. It was something that people could repeat over and over again. It's like a, it's a game loop. It's you start the hunt, you find them, you get, you get a leaderboard, you get points, you get a, a reward for it. And, you know, that's honestly, that's what every game needs. It needs to be fun mm -hmm. and you need to be able to do it over and over again. If you can't do it over and over again, you just, it's like a story mode, which it doesn't have to be, but sto some story modes are good, but when you're done, you're done. And for online games, it's not really the best option because you need to continuously make content that people can play over and over again to continue building your game yeah i mean that's that's so true but having that that core core fun loop that people want to come back and and do over and over again is a very crucial part of yes of, of building a game and um and also like having the the capability to to track it um is is nice i so in decentraland there is like a way to um, like track like a leaderboard system or something along those lines. Yeah, they have a leaderboard that you can put up. 
Uh, and actually, I don't even think you need a backend for that technically. Uh, not not on like our own server. I think you can. Act- That's a good question. I'm not going to step. I'm not entirely sure if you need your backend server or not. So forget what I said. Uh, but yeah, you, it's full capable inside of Decentraland. Many games that are in there have some type of leaderboard. That's nice because that's uh, that's one thing that that I've ran into, and we'll see um, at the at the end of this stream whenever I tell people the the game that they're going to have to play to potentially earn some of these uh, NFTs that we're going to be given away. But um, it's the the tracking of it is so annoying. Um, ba- like basically, like the best solution that we've figured out through just kind of figuring out how other other creators have been been doing giveaways and stuff and in, in inside the sandbox is that you have to you have to have everyone record their screen uh, which already is one hurdle that people have to to jump over and then because they had to record their screen um then we have to have them submit a, a youtube link that <laughs> They, mm-hmm. So then they have to go and upload that that video somewhere, and they can do it unlisted or whatever. But like, there's just like so many hurdles to to figuring out people's scores, and it's annoying. And I can't wait until we get to a point where there's some easy way to to know what people's scores are and they're verified. Because like we've done, well, I haven't, but I know people that have done like the screenshot method where you would just screenshot your score, but then like that's pretty easy to photoshop and change <laughs> if you're if you're a wizard in photoshop so then so then people complain about that and like it's just like a, a never-ending cycle of like trying to figure out how to combat people that are gonna abuse the system um and but make it like as easy and seamless for people to participate in um so it's that's one thing that, that I'm still trying to figure out. And so <laughs> you'll see at the end here, like, you, and I kind of just walk through it, but you, you do have to record your screen and you have to go upload that to YouTube and include that in the form that you're going to have to fill out. And it's just, instead of having just a leaderboard that displays uh-huh. ev- everyone's scores, which would be so nice, um, then I could just go check the leaderboard and say, okay, this is where you guys fell. Um, all I would mm-hmm. have to know is if you participated and then I can go find you on the leaderboard and see where your rank is or whatever. So, um, yeah, right. it's, <laughs> it's well, one thing that's about Decentraland that I think has helped with those aspects of the platform is they have a DAO and through that DAO, they fund, uh, projects and some of those projects are open source. And I think many, maybe not the full, uh, project should be open source, but many some aspects of it I think could be. And people have created the uh, open source code for something like a leaderboard where I can just go in and use that and apply it to my land through the SDK, which mm-hmm. still requires some uh, expertise in that field, but uh, you don't need to understand how to completely code it to use it. Yeah, and, that is. And they, they've made a lot of features through that, and they have a, a repository that we can go look through for it. That's super nice. So the that was that was kind of where where my head was going. So I, I'm kind of glad you you went there. Is what what would people have to do? Because I know I have a large sandbox audience. What would people that are interested in learning how to build inside of Decentraland like? Where would you point them as like? 
a place to start and i don't know like is is there a, is there good resources for that that the central land has or um is it you or is it like <laughs> watch watch your your so so they they do have lots of documentation if someone is really interested because this is what we had to do read through all the documentation and also learn on top of the documentation how to how to work everything which does require some programming knowledge to be able to read understand and also build on top of that information do you want some uh some documents on that so if you let's see yeah if you go to docs um you have for content creators i guess we can call it that's what they would probably have it under yeah let's go to that and see so we have uh yeah if you look at all the left side those are going to be documentation if you want to publish a wearable what the specifications are emotes um tutorials so uh, their awesome repository is open source uh, options you probably find like trading and stuff in there if you scroll up you should be able to see is that the right yeah so let's see hold on right there so a collection of tools of common you click on the ui toolkit let's see what that what that has in it so like i said you need to be able to look a little more right in this it's not just pictures and exciting funny <laughs> stuff right. you need to go in and be able to just go through the readme and and learn more about it uh, they do have something that does actually have images um and they're awesome repository i think it's mainly with sdk 6 they just launched the sdk 7 and they have a, a lot to do there but under the scenes of the sdk 7 there's tons of information under there that people can read and learn about i wouldn't say that it's not like a YouTube tutorial that tells you exactly 100% how to do it with being brainless. It is a, it's more like a, you can read like a, um, uh, let's say you're in school, it's a math test, not a test, but you get to read the, the chapter and then you get to not math, but whatever you have to do in math, it's been so long <laughs> since been in school, but anyways, you get to read and you have all the descriptions of what you need to do and learn about. And then you go figure out how to do that. Uh -huh. That's more about what it is. So there's a, there is a learning curve around that. Uh, if you don't have much programming knowledge, it's going to be a really big headache to work with it. That, that makes sense. So as far as, as far as like building out a game inside of Decentraland, if you, if you don't have, coding knowledge or uh, or some programmers on your team you're probably not going to be able to build some a game or would you be able to build like basic games but anything beyond that gets difficult or I, how does how does the builder work so they have a builder where you can just like come in and drag and drop stuff mm -hmm. there's no really functionality to that builder so to make a you can make a parkour you can like level okay. things out that move back and forth or you know, whichever way, and you can make people jump throughout it. Uh, but overall, you definitely need someone to be able to program it uh, for, for like it to function. There's no like way to add add like actual logic or anything to right to the scene. And I, I think that that could over time, there could be a solution to that. And for like drag and drop things mm -hmm. i think that if you may if if there was a group of people maybe funded by the dow they completely open sourced a project that 
made very key mechanics for a specific uh, or not specific but a broad gameplay so like if you could shoot something and it would hit a target you could change the file out of that target to anything you want and honestly i can do that you don't really need any program knowledge you just need to figure out how to upload a glb uh that you want to put in there so anyways if you want to make a target move back and forth and then you can shoot that target or if you can make it run in any maybe they're working with ai stuff right now so if they can make it run into i saw that uh, with yeah with like ai related stuff they can make the target move based on your responses in the game i think something like that could make it so you can make a million different type of shooter games but the ones that are going to get the most attention are going to be the customized games where the creators can kind of mold the game idea and everything that the players want to them so that they get everything they want. But overall, if you could build, you know, 50 additional experiences with, you know, some basic features that could excite people to come like brainlessly or mindlessly play, I think that would be very beneficial. And it's not that it's, I mean, I shouldn't have said brain dead or mindless. It's just, you kind of get on your phone and you want to do something. It's not that you, you just want to do something. You're not trying right. to educate yourself on anything right there. Uh, or it's not like a long-term strategy game that you're trying to play out over time. It's just something that you can occupy that particular time with. And I think that would potentially bring quite a bit of people. Yeah, I could I could see that for sure. I, I think it's interesting like coming coming from which i mean now like looking back at it it makes sense why i ended up leaning towards well this wasn't the reason but it's probably a good reason <laughs> that i that i started leaning towards the sandbox was the the how easy it actually is uh to develop these games and and add a bunch of logic like mm -hmm. uh, there's i mean there's wizards out there that can do way crazier things than than i can figure out how to do uh with with this no code logic system but it like now like hearing the differences between the two it, it does it doesn't seem like and it's kind of unfortunate but it doesn't seem like the experienced and well uh, well-versed uh, game developers from the sandbox could easily go over to Decentraland and kind of replicate or do similar things over there uh, because most developers that I've met in, in the, the sandbox don't really have any programming background or um, at least not like game programming. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's interesting. And, and I, I guess, hopefully maybe there will be some solutions in in the future that add at least a layer of no code and i'm sure i'm sure it goes vice versa i'm sure that there's lots of people that would love to see uh some sort of ability to add code into the mm -hmm. sandbox as well um i would imagine there's that side of people too so um i wonder i wonder if either either is really focused on the other side of the coin right uh, I think that they both have great ideas. If you add enough functionality options, you can potentially make an infinite amount of solutions for those options. It's just a matter of it's it's a multiplication. So if you add one fee, if you add five different features, 
you can combine those five features in different ways to make a different experience um, based on however you're making it. So Decentraline is focused on customization. Sandbox is focused on let's get builders in here that can make something fun and they can kind of grow their audience through it, which is really important. But for, I still think it's a, it's a good product. I mean, Weebly and GoDaddy are definitely good products. So right, I'm not, not, right. not knocking any of them. And Sandbox's own game, Decentralized. I honestly don't even think they're really competing with each other. They're completely different platforms. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, what, do you want people to drag and drop or do you want them to customize the whole thing? And I think the answer to that is honestly both. Uh, where you can customize your HTML and put in Weebly and have your site right. do that, uh, which they've added both options. And that's what I think most platforms need. And for Sandbox, I, I would love to add our game to Sandbox. Well, the people that let us use their land uh, actually asked us, they're like, do you want to do this in Sandbox too? We have land. I was like, I'd love to, but I don't think they offer the tools we need and we need to focus on Decentraland for this right now but if they added an sdk where we could uh, tr- um what would you call it trans translate our current code base and logic and everything into sandbox i'd love to have them in both platforms i mm-hmm. want to be able to do it in the eight metaverse i want to do it to any metaverse out there that would allow us to honestly and i think that people can should be able to have their own experiences in each one and what we would do is we for each file and like visual, we'd have to change all the designs to to fit that, which sandbox probably wouldn't be as difficult to go back to because we already like created the, the what the characters look like. All we'd have to do is pixelate that character, which is downgrading it to make it so it fits that particular game style. And we could definitely do that. Um, I would. I think the more the better, but then, you know, there's also a middle point of, you don't want to have too many where you can't hold off to it. Um, hold on to, you know, continue with updates across everything. You don't want to have right. two different games. Uh, so it's, it's important that they would all kind of run parallel to each other. That's, I mean, that's true, but I, at the, yeah, I do think that it would make sense to kind of disperse into as many as as are possible um right now just to broaden the user base um i do think from what i've heard and what i've researched that you'll probably have a a quicker well i don't know about quicker i don't know when this is actually coming as far as the other side goes um but they are definitely planning on having an sdk uh for the other side and also an ODK, I, and I don't know if that's their lingo or if that's if that's um, lingo in 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 the <laughs> in the programming world. But um, from from my understanding, the other side is is basically developing like a drag and drop, plug and play style tool, and also for allowing for people to do code and and bring that in in. Um, have you have you heard of it's called uh, I'm blanking now MML um, I think mm-hmm. is the lang- I think it's like an, a language or <laughs> I don't I, this is where, where it starts to go over my head whenever we get into this kind of stuff but um, but there's I, I think MML is like they're they're trying to like basically standardize a, a coding language for the metaverse if mm-hmm. i i might be butchering it but i think that's my, that's my understanding of it anyways so right. i'd be in, 
I'd be curious if if you guys would be able to like leverage that. Have you played around with that at all? With ODK? Uh or, the, the like MML stuff. Oh, it, the not that I'm really aware of. I don't yeah. Think. But I, as far as ODK, I actually just looked it up. Uh, open source it's uh, for Android, it's for mobile devices to make it function on those platforms. So yeah, I think that that's that's ODK sounds very important, okay. and I think Decentraland okay. wants to do that. I know that the founder uh, has been talking about uh, mobile options, and if ODK in the uh, in the context you're talking about is about uh, mobile devices, that's that that's really big for these platforms. You got to have it in your pocket, mm-hmm. or on or may or may not be on your face one day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it, it probably will, but who knows when uh, we'll get we'll get to that point. Um, but mobile, mobile for sure. Like if you're, I feel like if you're if you're not trying to figure out some way to get the mobile market, you're not playing the game correctly as yeah, a you definitely gotta uh, get it. as a platform. Um, it, it's it's the biggest platform for for games out there. Yeah, it's, it's the highest revenue by far. I I didn't realize for the longest time that like i knew that kids um younger younger generations were were obviously playing a bunch of games playing roblox and minecraft a bunch and um but i didn't i didn't realize that most of them were playing it on tablets like that whenever i first like yeah and switch and like whenever i whenever i first realized that the tablet side of things i was like okay well i guess that makes sense but i I've never, I don't think I've ever played a game on a tablet. Um, so like that, <laughs> Give me that a can, mouse and keyboard or yeah, a controller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that's, that's the way that technology has gone. And what, what is it? The, the swipe generation, I think is what they're, what they're calling. Yeah. Them. Hey, you can tell the difference by the people who say scroll versus swipe. Mm, that's valid. <laughs> I, I guarantee you say it. I know I say it all the time. We scroll through our phone. Yeah, scrolling. We swipe, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of people like my kids say swipe. They they don't say scroll. Yeah, and yeah, somebody somebody in the chat was saying my nephews play more on tablet than Xbox or PC, um, which that blows my mind. Like I can't mm-hmm. like I would in my head I would always want to be playing on an Xbox or some sort of console or or the PC. I was always a console gamer, but. <laughs> Um, but I've been converted to PC now, which I mm-hmm. am glad of. But, um, but yeah, I just if, if you can't put an Ethernet cable into it, I'm not playing <laughs> because I like to play more fast paced games and I don't want anything lagging. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 when I'm playing, I'm running like seven ping on my uh, <laughs> on mine. I've got fiber optics, I got a decent computer that runs it. And servers are in, uh, I'm in Louisiana, so I got servers in Austin, some are in New Orleans, and I think like Atlanta or something. So everything on this side is, is generally pretty close for central servers. Which is more important than I than I ever knew. Um, <laughs> until, Very important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get shot and you, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just imagine people are playing on like uh, servers that are all like together. I mean, like. What do you call it? It's a confined server where they're not running to the internet to use it. 
Um, I think they did that for the World Cup of Fortnite, if I'm not wrong. I think that all 100 of those computers were connected to Fortnite and its own local server. Oh, uh, um, that would make sense. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> I, it's just when you get all those people inside of the game and the way that they were, there's so much. You, you could see it all, it's, you're in years ago, but... I just remember the lag and I was just like, how do you have 80 people in this tiny circle and they're all on top of each other? Uh, in Decentraline, you put 80 people on top of each other, your client will crash. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Which that's, that's one thing that, that I really have been impressed by um, with uh, the other side, which we haven't talked a whole lot about, but the, the tests that they've done with the amount of people and the, the voice chat capabilities like that kind of blows my mind that that was all that that was all possible and nothing mm -hmm. was crashing or anything for people like that's that's pretty impressive what they're developing over there um, yeah it, that, it is like, i i can't wait for them to have it and i i might be wrong about decentralizing crash with 80 people but I, I think they only let you 100 on one server anyway so technically you couldn't have more than 100 on top of you well that's i mean that's still a, lo a lot of people. I mean, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Sand Sandbox is. I think the last like alpha they were limiting it to like forty, mm -hmm. and now I heard I heard rumors that they're they're actually going to scale it back to like twenty or something, um, wow. while they're trying to because they're they're like updating how multiplayer works i guess so mm -hmm. they need they suppose that they need to scale it back before they can ramp it back up which i don't know probably makes sense but um but it's just like i don't know it seems like it seems like that that is mm -hmm. something that really needs to change like that to only be able to play with 20 people on a map yeah it does really especially with a social platform mm -hmm. 20 is is no no good uh i mean i kind of think 100 is not enough too especially if someone wanted to that has more than 100 people they want to be in the same place which 100 in the on the internet it's really not that much no not at all like i i, I always think for some reason my mind always goes to concerts because I, I feel like that's such an easy um an easy uh direction that the metaverse will naturally go is like hosting uh concerts inside of different metaverse platforms and like i don't know mm -hmm. to just like taylor swift <laughs> i just saw somebody buy buy taylor people. swift concerts like like if there could only be a hundred at a in one instance like there there would have to be so many instances going on like like yeah what she fills a stand of a hundred thousand people yeah so, i mean you need a thousand servers at, at least plus yeah, like, that, that, right they they don't have the, no no metaverse platform has that available right now no. Uh, the the other side metaverse, that's uh, board apes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. do, do the board apes back that? They are yes. So they they're working with uh, improbable. I want to say yeah, improbable is the the company that's like building building like the infrastructure or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, they, they're basically, I think they're funding it slash, mm -hmm. I think like Anna, Animoca is behind a bunch of it too. I'm sure, um, they they have their fingers and everything. Um, yeah. 
but it's it's good. Uh, the the land on here, it is it bigger than that little square spot that you get. I saw some videos I haven't played, and I was just like, "That's not much." Yeah, so that that's actually something that I I've just realized recently is the so the size of the land depends on um, the tier of the land, and mm -hmm. you can t you can tell a tier. I think that's it's the the stars at the very top of each of the different um, deeds or whatever. Um, but the like a a five tier five star plot of land is equal to 2.4 uh, square kilometers, I think is what I heard somebody say. Um, and then, so that's the biggest. And then it scales scales down from that uh, gotcha. as, you, as you go lower in tiers. And that's about all I know. Um, so, yeah. I mean, 2.4 kilometers, that's, that's, that's all right. I One thing that we run into an issue with that actually Decentraland solving is land space for an mmo if you think about an mmo it needs to be a lot of land you need to yeah. be able to, yeah you gotta have a ton but what decentraland's implementing which is to, to me it's awesome they're allowing people to buy um, a dot dcl name and you can claim a world through them you can um have I don't know how many parcels it is, but up to 100 megabytes of data, which isn't a whole lot for a game. It's not something that ours is significantly bigger than that. But for people that can program, they can actually spin up their own server. And with a name, they can have a world and they could actually go to the full expansion of Decentraland and have 90,000 parcels if they wanted. And with that, that means as big as Decentraland is, we can have our MMO, which I would love to expand across all of Decentraland. And there are, they've made portals to where even through the client, you can type in like dot or forward slash go to and then name a world and it'll bring you to that world for whoever that is. So if we wanted Exodus, we could have like go to forward slash Exodus and it would push you to our game. We have not developed onto that world yet but it is something that we've looked into and are testing. Okay, so you you only need one parcel and you can... Just you can... a name, actually. Oh, so yeah. you don't even... Interesting. Right, which is, which is crazy because we had a, a huge debacle over, okay, now land's valueless. But the thing is you have mainland and then you have other lands. And the mainland is going to be important because when someone logs in, that's where they're going. Mm -hmm. So if you have a place there, it's going to be seen, especially if it's more of a mass adoption thing. And you'll have, in a sense, your own advertisement by having your own land. They could either have like a taste of your product or whatever it is or uh, an experience for the product, let's say. And then that could potentially sell them on it. Otherwise, our other options is to like market to them on other channels too show them how to get to your world, uh, which is still a barrier. Uh, it'd be nice that if the client, you could just like drop yourself straight into your world like we did through Sandbox. Decentraland doesn't have that. You got to kind of either go find it or you can you can put it into the browser. But for people who like the client, it's the browsers. Uh, the browser's not that great. The client is a much preferred option. And if we could just drop users wherever we wanted through the client, that would be very beneficial sandbox did that right <laughs> yeah i do i do like that 
that feature of like basically just being able to travel wherever you want mm -hmm. um, and drop in wherever you want as long as you can find it on the map or search for it. Um, is there a way that we could check out the game that you guys have going on? Like, is that? Yeah. Oh, for a, sure. 100%. I, I have the. I Do you have, have the client? I, I have the client, I want to oh, say. Yeah. Because I think this would be a great time to do. Well, okay. This would be a great time for two different things. First, because we've already gone about an hour, hour and 20. Um, I'm going to drop the attendance form into the chat. Uh, so you guys can fill this form out and control copy. Fill this form out that's going into the chat here and um that will i'm gonna say this is gonna qualify you for the giveaways that we're gonna do and then one of the giveaways will will end up for the the leaderboard um i don't know which which is what but i'll decide that here in a second um but fill out this form that i dropped in the chat and uh the secret word in the form is going to be exodus ex O D U S. You can spell it wrong if you if you end up spelling it wrong, and maybe I spelled it wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, Exodus is the, is the secret word. So go ahead and fill that out, uh, and basically that's proving that you were here live because you got to be here live to to win any of the prizes that we give away. Uh, and then after we go explore Exodus in Decentraland, I'll show you what game we can play uh, if you guys want to participate in the play to earn side of of the show um, but i'm gonna try and figure out where the heck my decentraland went so that i can get it pulled up search here. bar i always use a search bar i don't have any applications that i know where are that's probably <laughs> actually what i should that's do what with i do my on life my, that's what i do on my but phone too I was, I was gonna say that's how i use my phone i don't know why i don't use search for everything search for everything but um continue with your wallet let's see if this works yeah, uh, you may, there's a couple options to log in. Um, one, you can just scan it with your mobile. Or uh, if you have the Infinity Wallet, you can log in through that. Where did it go? It was thinking there for a second. Where oh, are your applications? It's, it's oh, still there thinking. Is. There we go. All right, we're booting up. Sweet. I, I'm i glad I did this before. I, I logged in before, so it looks like it still remembers me. I threw on. Look at you. I threw on your. Uh... Wait, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah, that... I'm trying. I'm trying to use my remote, but or my controller, but. Oh, you can <laughs> I don't do. Know. You should. I don't do know it. if I have. I don't know if I have the buttons routed quite correctly for this. It's set up for yeah. a sandbox, but I'll just use my keyboard. But yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, that was that was a collaboration item with a uh, waifu mon. It's a guy named Aaron Loop. Really cool guy. Yeah, it looks awesome. So uh, this the skin, I think we're going to go with the skin as one of the prizes for the leaderboard. And then the other the other items that we have to give away, um, a couple wings, one of the wings that we're wearing right now. Um, what else do we have? I could pull, the, pull up the tweet that uh, I an, sent out. An, an emote. And yeah, you have Omni wings, Queen wings. Lady Galloway and a flossy mode. 
let me just so you guys can see what what you're signing up to win before you sign up <laughs> maybe this will lure you in um but yeah we got so we got a flossy moat the lady Galloway skin queen's wings omni wings and then a poison extractor from the show previous to yours that we did this morning uh, is also going to be included in on the giveaways so make sure you fill out that form um and you'll have a chance to win some of these awesome wearables for decentraland and an emote and then the poison extractor for sandbox land now let's get back into here okay so what do i do <laughs> so if you you can either click on the map or you can use a shortcut let's use the shortcut if you hit enter and then type forward slash go to and then space oh one one word go to sorry go to and then one two six comma forty eight there you go okay, don't so. don't move yet wait until it loads in it's very finicky about that for anyone who does load in if you don't sit here until it completely loads in there's a chance it'll disrupt the loading and you won't be able to you'll have to refresh for it to work properly but anyways it looks like it's loaded in now so you just run around sweet okay uh hodl the uh the the secret word for today is exodus e-x-o-d-u-s yeah so to let's see what, what do you want to know first probably you probably want to know how to play first right yeah so this process uh, we're working on a tutorial so don't hate the way it is now you need to run um go, go follow this path until you get to a fishing dock or no the other way oh no stop turn around sorry uh not that go back to where you were when you dead ended on this road um there you go now on the ground there's a scavenger location if you click it you'll earn something um what will you get you got currency so if you open your backpack on the right by right clicking and then go move your mouse over to the backpack click on it and you can see now that you have 35 currency okay it's not crypto cool. yet but it's coming uh, and it's okay. not meant to be a hype token either it's solely for the purpose of the game um okay. we're not we're not gonna try to pump a token uh it, it's we have some really cool ideas for for that and the way it'll be implemented into the game not to be disclosed right now though nice nice but anyways if you go shake that, and bake i saw yeah. you in the chat look at him stacked on his purple party hat nice all right so where are we heading now <laughs> so there's a dock uh to behind you right, go to the dock over there to the right talk to that npc his name is finn he'll give you a fishing pole Right, Finn. Waters are full of gold shimmer today. I can feel it's going to be an auspicious fishing day. Yes. Use this rod. Okay. I'm the worst at reading, by the way. No, people, that's, that's people, all right. <laughs> I, I read like I read like four words, and I'm like, all right. Get it. <laughs> yeah, so it gets me into trouble a lot of times where I'm like, okay, now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you right-click again and open the backpack, you can click on the fishing rod and equip it. And then you can click... Uh, there's a scavenger hunt location somewhere near you. It shows a description right there. There you go. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 10 spots. They reset every day. Or you can just redeem them on the scavenger hunt. But go click on the fish uh, and find one that you can fish with your current level. You can hit V and it'll zoom you in and make things significantly easier to click on. Ooh, nice. You need to equip a level 40 rod, level 70, level one. That's I bet it. you can get him. That's the one. Yeah, so the fishing pole comes out, and then you just wait there, and it catches fish. Fishing is, just like in real life, pretty slow. It's uh, more <laughs> more relaxing and not, like, super interactive. Um, but it, it is a really neat skill to have. It's our second skill we released. And the skills, you you can level, level up the skills? That's right. Yeah, if you go on the stars icon on over to your right under the backpack, that will show you. If you click on fishing, you'll see that you have some XP, the hook. Yeah, so you see you have uh, okay. 17, and you're going to level up in 34 XP to level 2. Oh, and it just... Okay, cool. Yeah. So that, like, whenever you do the activity, that's when you get the... That's right. And we, we have a, the NPC gave like business related material for a description. We have a business event going on that we had made a collaboration with a group in Decentraland that is business oriented and uh, teaches, they try to onboard people into Decentraland in a business way. Um, it's called Beaver, excuse me, it's called Beaverse. And we're hosting an event with them where if you can, if you complete the event, you'll learn a briefcase, and it's uh, just a collaboration item that's um, – there's a specific amount of supply that can be earned from it, and then it'll be gone out of Exodus as a discontinued item. Okay, nice. Is it that briefcase? That's right. And if you hold it, you actually get double the bars. You, you probably saw you just saw bullion bars or bullion bars. Uh, and then if you go to some other NPCs, they'll give you tools as well. There's Hopper. If you go back toward the other side behind you, uh, go uh, toward Finn where you were and then jump over him to the right. And there's an NPC right there. He gives a hatchet and then you can equip that to chop trees. And that'll get you logs. Uh, nice. I mean... I gotta say, this is way more in depth than anything else I've played inside of Decentraland. So this is super cool. Yeah. Well, and one thing we talked about earlier was about development and how it feels like people are sandbox are, and anybody's perspective, the platform they're using is not listening, uh, and that can be the case. Uh, hopefully, it's not. And but one thing that we run into a lot is uh, visual aspects of the platform. They, you don't see what people come in when they see it, they see visuals. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't really understand the fundamentals, fundamentals, the programming and uh, everything that takes place during something like a hatchet hitting the tree. Uh, there's a lot that goes into there. There's security features. There is measures that are put in there to make it so you don't get too many uh, more logs and, they don't overfill the inventory and what happens when you can't chop any more trees. And there's just so many, like if this happens, what happens next? Tons of code. Um, shoot. I don't know. I think we have somewhere between 15 and 20,000 lines of code right now. And nobody sees that <laughs> they, mm-hmm. but when you play, you get that experience. So in the alpha stage of the game, 
which actually you can light the fire pit and cook a fish. Click on a sycamore log in your inventory or just click on a log. Yeah. Select at the bottom and then click the fish. There's a 50-50 shot. You're going to burn one. So you <laughs> shouldn't burn both of them, but let's see what happens. As All you right. level up, you don't burn as many fish. Well, let's see what happens. Am I a good chef? You are. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that, that's that's how you cook an item, which is pretty cool. You figure that out pretty quick. Uh, you'll need food. For people who are playing, they'll need food this weekend when we release combat, um, which being a completely public open alpha game, it has its flaws, but also people get to play and enjoy it while also they're just some people might like, okay, we really haven't visual like we, we got a big complaint over the scene and how what it, what the appearance of it is. And we definitely need to increase the um the, the artwork around it and make it look better. I don't I'm not gonna disagree with that. But overall what our main focus has been on functionality and programming it over the visuals. But I mean the trees, I think the trees look good. I think the grass looks, it's not like, it's not tall, you know, there's no like animation, excuse me, animations to it. But overall, the scene is is decent, but we find it more important to create functionality over if that tree is going to look better or not, or if the grass will look better or what the corners are going to look like And in the alpha stage. When we move to beta, that's going to be more like we have our base mechanics created. Now you should start to see visual enhancements um, throughout that period that I think will make people significantly uh, happier with it because visuals are a big deal. Um, But if people can't enjoy the game, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, it shows you're muted. (laughs) It shows you muted on the the screen. I don't know if that's in the settings or if that's, yeah, I don't know. Well, here we are. There we go. I there can, it is. It's back. I, I don't know if you realized, but <laughs> I, I, I saw it eventually. I don't know how much I said before you stopped hearing me. No, that was good. It was good that you're talking because I couldn't hear anything, so I didn't know if, if what was going on. But we're back, so yeah. that's all that all that matters. Um, my my audio like router thing lost power somehow. I don't know why, but um, so everything stopped. Um, but we're back. What uh, what did I miss? <laughs> I was just explaining that the the visual aspects are are, are are mechanics and functionality is a higher priority than visual aspects currently, although we're still working on visual aspects because we have artists. Um, but once we go from alpha, which is base mechanics and functionality, we're going to move toward beta where we'll we'll see a lot more user experience increases throughout the the game itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, 
like obviously the visual visual aspects are are important but i feel like like to have a successful successful game a successful metaverse whatever um it needs it needs way more than just to be visually appealing like it needs to needs to be fulfilling for one mm-hmm. like it needs needs to have some sort of like reason why you're there even if the even if the graphics suck if you enjoy why you're there like that that can go a super long way um, yeah so i think like focusing like you said on on the the mechanics is probably a good thing to iron out before you really worry too much about graphics right yeah there's a lot of great artists in decentralized they make a lot of cool props but they're not functional and you gotta have you just have to have that but something that i i when it comes to game graphics i think that it's important that the player knows what they're getting into before they start so they have an expectation when you go into minecraft you're not looking for this nice detailed out hundred triangle 10 texture material clothing uh for your character it's just you're not expecting that when you get on your phone and you start playing if you're playing clash of clans you're not expecting a 3d platform it's 2d and you have your um your, your clans that you deal with and please help me i haven't played forever <laughs> Neither um, have I. it's been a long time yeah well you have your area your, your, your city that you're doing and candy crush you got flashy lights and colorful stuff you know that's that 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 the, the user experience and their expectations are the most important to make sure that they know what they're getting into and i think that one thing that needs to change i mean we're limited to a lot of things of decentraland and how well we can make things look but when you think about the metaverse you're thinking goggles 3d super awesome graphics and we're still really far away from that in decentraland because it takes so much computing and the way that all the scenes are set up and operating on one um one overall scene it's it's kind of kind of odd because you're in a scene and you're creating a scene inside of a scene so there's Mm -hmm. there's barriers and limitations to that but as you kind of get over those and technology goes and advances those things will be overcome um but shake and bake gas are you still logged into decentraland he wants or i i mean i want you to 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 look at the bank um he finds oh, yeah. pretty cool to store items yeah I, I, am, I am still logged in let me i need to present my screen again um shake and bake i see you in the chat yeah he is uh he's he's awesome that's all i mean i really like him we we talk a whole lot he's nice great um he plays he's great with ideas he's great with feedback uh everything we need if you want he's a good friend hell yeah i love i love meeting new new friends in the metaverse so um definitely so if you go through the, shake if you go through the plaza over there like go straight through this and then at the end take a right yeah and where it says meta money that coin if you click on the banker she will uh open your bank up and then you can deposit items in there Okay. Yeah, the right click is always something. Yeah, it catches me. But yeah, so you can deposit one or deposit all. If you had deposit all, everything will just go over. Yeah, and then you can oh, withdraw nice. an item if you want, or 
What's yeah. this? Oh, a scavenger That's... hunt token. Wait, you got two of those? Dang. Those Rigged. are one in five hundred drop. They shouldn't. You shouldn't have gotten two that fast, but you did. <laughs> so it should, that's one in a. I mean, you made. You have three, four. You had four logs. You had two fish. It's four, five, six. I mean, you might have made less than fifteen actions, and it's one in a thousand. So hey, I got I got luck on my side. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> I got I got this lucky lucky catfish with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you didn't burn the thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, so that's that's cool. Crushing it. Where did my axe go, or is it equipped? You have it equipped. Ah, yeah, gotcha. Um, but anyways, there's. You don't need to go any further in this, but that I mean, unless you want to play. But overall, you can. We're we want the whole game to be player run e- economics, where if a resource comes in the game, it's to a player. Uh, we're not trying to sell people resources. We're not trying to make a pay to win game. We want it to be player driven and we have gotten feedback of people that are like i would like to level up quicker can i pay for it <sighs> you know it's, it's hard as a company to say no don't pay me right uh, but it's also just like what is the goal of the game do you want someone to shove thousands of dollars down the game to advance in levels or do you not want them to do that and, and play a game play the game in a different way um i mean i i, I want to stay away from pay to win um but i know that it's a very profitable method but i feel like it just breaks the overall game experience for those that do put a lot of time and effort um over spending every dollar that get in it yeah i i definitely understand why there's a negative connotation around play pay to win um and i think it and i think it also can be harmful for a game right like but at the same time i don't know like what if if there's both if there's both options but i guess then it's hard to like level the playing field because there's definitely gonna be people that don't want to pay that want to be able to Mm -hmm. to compete so i guess that's where that's where the the negative (laughs) connotation comes in i suppose um, I've never really thought too much about it, to be honest, but I, I know that there's a lot of negative sentiment yeah. around it. Um, it. It's been, a, it's been on my brain a lot and, and several of us, it, I, it's all about the way that's being presented to the user. If you're not misleading the user and they know that there's pay to win and potentially they might need to pay money and they know that going in, I don't think it's a problem. And I don't think you'll lose a user because of it. If you tell them it's going to stay away from the pay to win aspect and then you start throwing in pay to win options, the users that originally had that are going to be very disappointed or some of them might, some of them might not care, but you don't, you want the user expectation, the user expectation to be constantly met. And one thing that is, it may not be completely not pay to win. But I think that there is an alternative to that where the users that are playing will receive, they'll be able to receive benefits. Oh, that that was a while back. Uh, They'll be able to receive benefits through someone else making a purchase. So what that could look like is maybe they earn some items in the game and they're on chain and then go sell them to somebody else, which technically the opposite side of end of that could pay to win in a sense but they are not paying the company they're paying someone that says hey i went and played the game i grinded it out i can sell this to you 
and it's on my own free will and conscience to do that. And I wanted to do that for whatever reason. I think that that's uh, completely different. And the user expectation for this, for this game should be that they'll have NFTs. They'll be able to transact with each other and going in, they'll know that. But then the items that the, that will be sold or earned through membership or things like that will, won't give a huge, uh, they either won't give any bonus or any massive advantage toward owning them. Generally it will be more cosmetic or mm-hmm. animations related or scans or things that visually change and everyone can see that they have it potentially be more rare items or things they earn while they play. And they have are in, in a sense, a resale value on that because it's NFT. If, if, if it costs someone $5 to buy it or 10 or 20 or hundred, um, you know, there's, if as long as someone else wants it, that, that has a value that they can get from that. And it's not going to be, okay, this game company sold you 10 levels to hurry up and boost up. So that, that that's, that's where we want to go with it. If anything changes where, like, like, well, the company needs revenue to operate, obviously. But when it comes down to that, that is the preferred option. And I think many of our players will want to continue that route of things because they want to, it's not meant to be play to earn. Um, it's, it's more of just like, okay, we have Web2 games where you're not allowed to transact out of it. And now we have Web3 games where you can try to transact out of it. Users that play, like someone who played World of Warcraft or RuneScape for 10 years or 15 or 20, they have potentially valuable things on there that they could transact with with. And new users that couldn't get those discontinued items back then can easily obtain those uh, through uh, as an NFT through other players, things like that. Yeah. No, I I really I really like the the uh, the way you put it that um, you you can like the players are able to sell stuff that they put in time to get. That's not how you said it. You said it way more eloquently than that. But um, that that's the gist of it. That like if if you grind, you can then go turn around and sell your stuff. And I, I think that makes sense. That at, like at least in my head, that as long mm-hmm. as somebody is putting in the time to get the items, then I don't think it should really matter uh, right. if somebody if somebody else is buying it from them. Because I mean, that's been going on forever. Like people have always <laughs> uh, people have always been doing that. It just isn't right. It isn't front and center, like on a, a, a centralized or decentralized marketplace. It's under 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 the table black market whatever you whatever you want to call it <laughs> depends call it. on the game it's black market like runescape it's complete black market <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah. but it's just it, i don't think anybody would consider it pay to win if you can purchase an item from somebody else uh it's just it's just different i, I mean i mean technically you can pay to win but i don't i don't think most people see it that way yeah so. yeah I don't either. At it's least. really cool, though. Uh, I mean, we have this whole idea in our head. We want to make it work. It's been a year, and we still have five years that we got to put into this game to make it even remotely close to where we want it, um, including like an exchange where people can go buy and sell items and also have just all these awesome features that allow someone to have a AAA status game that they can play and uh, you know add PvP aspects into it and 
potentially even stake items, not in the sense of Web3, but in the sense of if I have a sword and you have a sword and we think that um, we are going to, you know, we both put them up and one person over the other one thinks they're going to win or they both think they're going to win, but one of them loses, the other one gets his stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I like that idea. I think that people should have that and that's something we want to implement and also like PVP, but it's not with like, like um, in a Call of Duty game, you kill somebody, you can get their gun. Um, and then after the match is over, you're done. You got to restart. Right. And this game is you, if you're in a PVP uh, area, and when we add this anyway, and you kill somebody, you're going to get whatever they have in their inventory. And now it's very risky to do that because you can't go reobtain it without either buy. Uh, you have to go reobtain whatever you lost. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. That uh, we. I just had a. A guy from Jackie.eth um, on talking about another world, which is uh, another uh, platform that he's building, and I was I was telling him this that I I love the concept of like that like hard maybe like hardcore mode basically where if if you die in whatever area you lose all your stuff and people can go pick it up like I I yes. love that and I, I think I think a lot of people do and, uh-huh. <laughs> I, we're, and we're I, working on that hell yeah. Yes. That's awesome. You can drop that... items on the ground. Actually, so, sorry, I mean interrupt. But no, I'm no. just excited to tell you that we are definitely doing that, and I, I love the idea too. I don't. People don't. People need to be incentivized not to die. Mm-hmm. And if all their stuff gets dropped on the ground, and it's also some people that just campers that are just like, I can't wait till there's an enemy that people have struggled to kill, and they die, and you can pick their stuff up. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But anyways, go ahead. You were, no, you were talking about somebody. I mean, that's that just... was something. That's what I've. That's what I've just been. I think ever since, ever since like watching it kind of play out in Ready Player One, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of like just been ingrained in my mind that I like I want to play a game that that is not. Maybe it doesn't have to be the core concept, but mm-hmm. it is like a part of it. Where like if you die, you lose all your stuff, and you you have right. to go go find more stuff, and whoever killed you or whoever found you dead. Um, <laughs> they got, got, you. got all your stuff so yeah i, I right. love that concept and that i guess that's where like the bank would come into play where you you put your your stuff that you don't want to be losing into the bank until until yes. you really need really need to use it and then hopefully somebody doesn't kill you or you don't go into a ppp area with it or whatever right. but yeah no that's that's super cool I'm, I'm excited to hear that that you guys are working towards that is there uh i I think you said earlier that you guys are releasing an update that's PVP related. I'm guessing no, it's not that. Not yet. We're, we're still we're working on the multiplayer aspect, uh, specifically currently, specifically right now with pets, and that just mean, <clears throat> and that just means that when I get a pet or obtain a pet and I equip it everyone else can see that pet mm, and gotcha. we'll also be adding features like when you're fishing no one else could see your fishing rod at that moment uh, everybody will eventually be able to see your fishing rod as you fish and actually hold the item you may not have noticed that you aren't holding it because you're in first person um, but those things are coming and once we add those uh, simple mechanics of multiplayer um, options uh, we can go to more advanced levels of you know people being able to fight each other uh, i think it's really important but we also have to be very careful especially for someone who's played a long time and if they if there's a fault in the system 
and someone's able to either bug it or maybe you know an error on our end and people lose valuable resources or items that they shouldn't have that's going to be on us so we have to be very careful when we release that and let our users know that it's being tested <laughs> and you should be very careful if you're going to interact with pvp yeah yeah, so. yeah definitely that makes sense well dude this has been this has been awesome it's getting to kind of the point where we should probably be wrapping it up for now but i i definitely think we'll have to have you back on the show here in the future whenever you got more more stuff going on that you want to come and update people about because i'm i'm super excited to kind of see this play out and and get mm -hmm. built out i uh like i was saying I, I haven't really played anything into central land that has piqued my interest but this is definitely one of those experiences that i finally found them like okay so there <laughs> there there is a, a a potential to the central land more than um what i've been exposed to so that's super yeah cool, cool to see and um hopefully everyone that's, that's watching <laughs> this has kind of kind of seen that as well that there there is there is some cool stuff going on over there and um deep uh, down in the shadows there's development <laughs> yeah yeah and i i think it's 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 really easy to get kind of tunnel vision and and honed in on whatever platform you're most excited about but that that's what i've tried to be good at is really just keeping my my eyes open to to everything that's going on and 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 being interested in exploring it and and that's where this show has really helped out where it's just mm -hmm. like okay there's somebody doing something cool that looks cool in decentraland i want to talk to that person and figure out why why they think it's cool which is exactly right. exactly how this conversation spun up is <laughs> i i think you you said it earlier that i don't remember the exact tweet but something about how decentraland is the most advanced or something platform and and when i when i read that one i was like that's that was good um as far as like hook goes on <laughs> on social yeah, media, so, I, social, I media. Hate social media so much <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, it's needed so. yeah yeah it, definitely and, and it worked it caught my attention and i was like i was, I was like somebody thinks that about the central end i was like i have uh, well i was like i haven't looked at the central end in like a year at least it's like a, maybe yeah. maybe it really has changed so um i'm glad i'm glad that we got to this and and this is what we're doing now and we got to kind of figure out what you guys are all up to so um i i'm gonna give you i want to give you the stage here just one last time to uh plug whatever you want to plug where people can find it how they can support you all that all that fun stuff and then i will run people through how they can participate if they want to hop into the sandbox and play a game here real quick to have a chance at winning some of those prizes um and then uh and then we'll wrap her up okay uh i can be found on twitter uh j at jtv with four underscores after it <laughs> um i am uh, in decentraland as jtv i also own the name jtv.eth uh i will keep that as long as possible it's very expensive to keep the three-letter domains yeah like three-letter domains yeah yeah but i got it and i was like i'm keeping it as mine um i'm mainly on twitter but if you wanted to follow uh the game itself at, at exodus gbw and it's at exodus gbw on all set platforms instagram twitter TikTok, uh facebook i think you can pick any username there but um also if you look up exodus goodbye world on google now i've worked 
without SEO, which our website's been developed there. But if you search Exodus Goodbye World, there's plenty of information uh, about the game, including articles that have been written from Cointelegraph, Dow Times, and some other odd and in uh, articles that you probably hadn't heard about, our news stations. Nice. Um, but anyways, uh, Discord. Um, how would you find my Discord? That's terrible. It used to be JTV, but I was tired of paying $50 a month for that. Can I share the um, that. the link with you right here on our private chat? Uh, yeah. All right. I, and I'll drop it in. I'll drop it in the chat, and I'll also have links to the re in the replay in the description. If you guys are catching the replay, that's where obviously you'll be able to find those. Okay. Um, Let's but... see. Copy link here. Yeah, I I haven't really been pushing Discord, but I'm I, I we do try to keep it interactive. And any questions and bug reports and things like that, we're always looking at those. Uh, let's see here. Uh, never yeah, here's the link right here. <laughs> Perfect. I'm gonna. But anyways, I think that's it. I I'm mainly on Twitter. I, I probably ought to move to other platforms, but I have my hands full. And it's uh, this is the last time I say, but Twitter is. I, I hate. What do you um farm? What do you call it? Farm something farming. Engagement farming. Yeah, I hate engagement farming. But if you're on social media and you want people to look at stuff, you have to engagement farm. Yeah. And people call you out on it, but it's just like, dude, that's this is the way it works. Sorry that you don't like that I'm saying stuff that's controversial specifically just so people engage with it. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I mean, it's uh, most most tweets are either informational or engagement tweets. Uh, and that's that's the extent of it. It's I wouldn't say it's my complete personality, um, but it's it's, hey. it's it's what I do. So yeah, yeah, no, that's that's the name of the game. I mean, otherwise you're just putting tweets and and content out there that no one's looking at. So <laughs> uh, you gotta yeah. you gotta find find some way to to get people's attention. And I think I think controversial stuff is usually the way. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah, and the thing is, is people act like you took somebody's side, and you're just like, which one's better, this or this? And they're like, it's like they, it's like they think I've decided the answer. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. like I, I didn't. I just brought it forward, and I wanted people to interact with it. I so. just want people to debate and That's engage. Unfortunately, the way Twitter works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> well, dude, like I said, this has been awesome. So I appreciate you coming on. But anyways, it is uh, it's nine fifteen here. I never caught where you were from, if you don't mind sharing. Oh uh, yeah, I'm in I'm in Austin, Austin, Texas. So <laughs> and I said that's for the server. No, Dallas is the server. Maybe it's oh, Austin. You, you did it's, say it's Austin. One of the other. It, it, it's it Austin. Okay. Perk my. Oh, you ought to be sitting on a server over there. I probably am. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it was really good talking with you. Um, I have family that lives in Houston, and I, I visit there every now and then. Austin's pretty far away from Houston, though. Can so as far as drive but yeah. if i'm ever in texas i'll maybe hit you up and hang out or something yeah definitely and i'm i'm actually going to be traveling all over the place here for a little while but definitely hit me up who knows where i'll be um but right. if i am in if i am in texas i would i would love to meet up for sure um so cool. yeah it was it was great chatting dude and um I, like i said i look forward to to everything you're doing